Welcome to the TVA Devotions Podcast. We want you to be encouraged by the Word of God, whether this is your first or your 50th time to listen. We hope we add value to you through God's Word today. Welcome to TVA Devotions. This is Coach D. I'm a head volleyball coach, uh, but more importantly, I'm a follower of Christ. Appreciate you uh, joining us today. Uh, this devotion is just for those of us that might be at a club tournament on a Sunday and not be able to make it to our church. Uh, this is, again, just something where we can kind of visit with God, have some time to think about uh, what it is that He has for us this weekend and this week, and I uh, pray that it blesses your life. Uh, God bless and uh, enjoy. Can I be honest with you? I love Raisin Cane's chicken fingers. I know that as Christians, we are to have no chicken but Chick-fil-A. But for me, there's just something about Raisin Cane's that is just so wonderful to my taste buds. It's just something different. It's just like, I don't know, they, they come on the the drive through thing, the chicken, chicken, what combo you picking? I mean, it's just so fun. Chick-fil-A is great too. And I'm not saying anything bad about Chick-fil-A. I'll go to Chick-fil-A too. Praise God. Uh, you know, let's, let's go have some chicken. Um, but I absolutely love chicken fingers. Um, I always get the Caniac combo and I never finish it. And I don't know why they even have coleslaw. I don't think anybody, everybody subs the coleslaw off, but anyway, I digress. Um, but I, I always tell people and people ask me and they're like, well, Coach D, do you cook for yourself? And I'm like, oh, no, I don't cook. I have uh, personal chefs. And they're like, you have personal chefs? And I was like, yeah, there's uh, Stephanie at Cane's. There's uh, there's Tony at Whataburger. There's uh, Thomas over at Rally's. And uh, they get to my jokes. I have really bad dad jokes. You'll get used to it. Um, but man alive, does it not cost a lot of money to eat out? And um as my good friend Dave Ramsey says, you shouldn't see the inside of a restaurant unless you're working there. And that goes for the drive through as well. So I've been kind of trying to get on Dave Ramsey's plan of getting out of debt and um, living like nobody else. And uh, so I've stopped going to drive throughs I go uh, from about two times a day to about two times uh, or three times every two weeks. And uh, it saved me a lot of money. Uh, it's budgeted. I've started to pay down my debt. I'm on baby step two. For those of you that know Dave Ramsey, if you don't know Dave Ramsey, please look into it. It's pretty awesome. Debt is dumb. Cash is king. Um, so I've, I've started to go to the this place called the grocery store. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it, but I just, not really just found it. I've seen it before. Um, I actually have hustled there before and bought groceries for other people trying to make money um, to pay off debt. Um, but anyway, so I get these things called pasta helpers and hamburger helper. And, uh, if you're like me, it's old school. Um, but, uh, this is just something easy for me to make. I, I can't, I mean, the most things that I can make is turn it on a microwave. I mean, if it's microwavable, yes, I'm all in. I understand that. Let's go get some lean cuisines or some hungry man's or something like that. Party pizzas, something that I can just put in and, and turn it off. I don't have to get back to it, but these hamburger helpers are really good. And I really enjoy the BLT pasta helper. Oh, it's, it's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. It's only about $3. And, uh, and you have like two meals, I have two meals with it. So it's pretty awesome. But the thing is, is that I have to sit there and I have to boil, I have to get a pot, a pan 
or a pot. I don't even know the difference between the two, but I have to get this water to boil. I pour in this pasta from a box, literally no bag, just from a box into this thing. And I have to heat the water to boil, pour, pour in the pasta and I have to go in there and turn it every five seconds or 10 minutes. I don't know what it is. I, I, it's, it's good when it's done. But when I'm done doing this, it's kind of weird because the boiling water heats the pasta up and it makes it moldable. It also kind of burns off the impurities that were on this pasta. And so when I get down to the um, get done boiling this and going through all this stuff and and uh, once the pasta is ready to go, I have to pour it into this thing called a strainer. And I don't know if you've ever heard of it before. Me as a perfect chef now, because I'm just so awesome and I just cook for myself and I'm so, I'm, I'm adulting everyone, I'm adulting. But um, I, I have this strainer and it tells you to strain the pasta. And I'm like, uh, what does that do? And basically what you do is you put it into the strainer and, and the boiled water goes through and it tells you to take cold water and push it over the pasta. So I take the cold water and I, I get my little shooter out that sprays me every single time, but we'll go over that later. And I just go through and I take all the impurities off this pasta because again, it was in a box. And so all the things that have been kind of molded off the pasta kind of go through the strainer and they fall out down the drain. And what's left is this beautiful food. And I put the food into my bowl and I stir it up and it's pretty good to eat. And um, I think that this is a good example of what I'm going to kind of show you later. And we're going to go into something today that I think I've heard it over and over and over. Um, I have the opportunity to be around uh, 18 of the most wonderful women in the world on my team and my assistant coach. And, um, and what I've seen, not just necessarily through them, but through volleyball players that I've been coming in contact, uh, young ladies and young girls, um, is that this, this feeling of, being anxious, anxiety. Um, I think that we're trying to we're trying to be somebody that we're not. Uh, Dave Ramsey kind of talks about trying to impress people that you'll never see, spend money that you don't have to impress people you'll never see. Um, and I think that we're trying to to be everybody that's on social media, on their Instagram, and on the on those pictures that are that are up and we're trying to be that person and we're trying to be anxious because we're not that person. We don't have the money. We don't have the same car they have. We don't have the same clothes. We don't have the same body type. And, and I believe that we get so anxious and God is saying, I want to give you peace. I want you to get you away from that, those anxieties. And I want to show you peace. And I, I, my favorite verses in the Bible, honestly, it's my favorite book. I already told you back a couple of times ago, Philippians, my favorite verses or my favorite book, chapter four, verses four through seven are, is my favorite passage in all of scripture. And uh, I like to call it, I, I've, I've actually had this one in my hand and in my pocket uh, since I was about in 10th grade and uh, it's eight steps to perfect peace. And I kind of want to share those with you today. But before we do that, let's go ahead and pray uh, and uh, ask God for blessings on this word. Father, we just uh, thank you today, Lord, for anybody that's traveling today. I pray you just give them traveling mercies. Uh, you keep them attentive to the road. Uh, for anybody playing today, I pray, pray you would keep them from injury. For anybody that's injured today, Lord, I pray that you help them to understand that this is not a catastrophe, but a speed bump in their life. And uh, Lord, I pray healing on them. I pray for everybody that, again, plays today that they add value to their teammates. They're a great teammate. 
and uh, Lord, that they show um, show you and make you known today uh, on the court. All right. So I, I, I kind of want to go in and, and I don't say amen because God tells us to pray without ceasing, but uh, we'll say amen if you want to. If you have to, go ahead and say amen. Um, but I want to go into Philippians 4 and uh, start with verse 4. And uh, I'm going to read it all the way through here. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident. All the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And in mathematics, we talk about this thing called a biconditional statement. In a couple of weeks from now, we'll go over a biconditional statement within scripture. But in biconditional statements, what it says is that there's a hypothesis and there's a conclusion. There's an if and a then. And I think all of us look at verse seven, like in the peace of God, which transcends all our understanding, regard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And we say, okay, Jesus, give us that. And I think God is telling us, okay, you have to understand it says, and the peace of God will guard your hearts after you do a couple of different things. And there are eight steps that we have to do in order to get there. And uh, those eight steps start off in verse four. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. So number one, we need to rejoice in the Lord. And it's kind of interesting here because this, it's one of the first times that I see Paul kind of use an exclamation point. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. <clears throat> Did you hear me? I'll say it again. Rejoice. And he has this exclamation point because he's trying to tell us, stop it. <laughs> I mean, how many times do you get around people and they can tell you what's wrong in life? what they don't have. And Paul is saying, God is saying through Paul that you are to rejoice in him always. And then you're saying, okay, praise God. Thank you, God, for everything you give me. I know I don't have that BMW. And he's like, wait a second, hold on, hold on. I didn't say rejoice in me and then talk about you don't have a BMW. Say, rejoice in me. I'll say it again, rejoice. And for those of you driving in a BMW, congratulations, way to go. Um, Paid off home mortgages, taking the place is the BMW, is the status symbol of choice. But anyway, we'll go into that later. But anyway, for me, first step is we need to rejoice in the Lord and we need to do it at all times. It says rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. So when you're around those people that are negative Nancy's, around those people that only talk negative about life and goodness gracious, I wish I had this. I wish I had that. Can you believe that? Can you do this? I'm unbelievable. I can't believe that we don't have a six foot three middle or I can't believe coach won't let me be libero and I'm six foot three and I pass a 0 0.8 uh, in passing averages. You know, we have all these things that we're negative about and God is asking us to rejoice in him always. Even when you're in the middle of an inner cell moment, rejoice in him. And that's the first step. So step number one to perfect peace is to rejoice in the Lord always. Step number two is in verse five, it says, let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. And I always talk about this. I always talk about, I have this illustration of when I was young, I was coming home from a, a friend's house. It was like three o'clock in the morning. And I, I know you're like, coach D, what are you doing out at three o'clock in the morning? I, I've never drank alcohol and never smoked anything. I've never named any that stuff. But um, we were doing something over at Disney and I was coming home from Disney. It's in the middle of the night, in the middle of nowhere. Back back then, there was middle of nowhere going from Disney back to Winter Garden where I lived in Orlando. And, um, and I was at this light that was like, there's nobody. I mean, it's pitch black. Nobody's around. And this light, I had to turn left and it would not change the green. And I was like, what? I mean, seriously. And I would just felt like it, I'm sitting there for a full minute, two minutes, three minutes happened. And, and literally, there, I can't see a light. There's not even a deer 
in the road. You know, there's there's nothing. There's there's nobody, not even one animal. I don't think there's anybody around. And I just sat there at that light and I sat there at that light and I sat there at that light. And I wanted just to turn it. And for me, what would you do? What, I asked my players, I gave them this illustration before, I say, what would you do? And uh, we talked about it last week about the omnipresence of God. And, you know, the God, God's right there. God's always with us. And we sit there and we say, yeah, I'll, I would go ahead and turn. Who cares? It's, it's red, but there's nobody coming. I got it. It's like a stop sign. Let's go. But what would happen if there was a cop there? There was a cop sitting the side, on the side of the road uh, looking for people to speed or people to run this light. Would you run the light? Yet we probably might. And some of you might say, yes, I would. Well, good luck to you. Yeah, we'll, we'll be talking to you later. But, um, you know, we, we think that God's not around and God's not omnipresent. And as much as we want God to be omnipresent, to be our power and to be our comfort, we also need to understand that God is that, is watching us. He's watching us how we treat people and how we treat people really understands kind of who we are. And our character is how we treat people that can't do anything for us. So in verse five, when it says, let your gentleness be evident to all, the Lord is near. Those people that you come in contact, if you want peace in your life, continue to be kind to the people around you. That's what gentleness means. It just basically means be kind. So step one to perfect peace is rejoice in the Lord. Step two is be kind to people. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Not, not even, people don't even know that you're going through something, that you're anxious or you have anxiety. Continue to be kind to people. You're like, well, that's tough to do. Not a, yeah, it is tough to do. But we're looking for that peace that passes all understanding that guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We can do some tough things in order to get that. Step three, it's the toughest thing to do. It's getting harder. So you thought that being kind to people was hard. Get ready. It says, do not be anxious about anything. And for some of you that might be around my age, I'm 43. Um, for some of you that might be around my age, when I was in the eighth grade, I had this guy named Mr. P Peddington. And he was a teacher in Lakeview Middle School. And he used to go around singing this song. And it was uh, from a guy from like, I, I guess from, um, anyway, Jamaica. And he said, don't worry, be happy now. <whistles> anyway, I can't whistle, but, you know, it, it was a song that, that was the whole song. It just says, don't worry, be happy. And that's what God's really telling us. And I'm not going to read the whole song like I did in the last couple of weeks. But it says, don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. Why are you worried so much? Don't worry. Be happy. And you're like, you have no idea what I'm going through. And to be honest with you, I probably don't. But I think I have a good idea. I think that I know what you're going through. I know you're feeling overwhelmed. I know that right now you're, you're feeling like you can't handle this on your own. And here's the good answer. You can't. And you're like, how is that a good answer? Because I know somebody who can. And I have a couple of verses that I want to kind of talk to you about because this is really the crux of what I wanted to go through. And it, it's really been on my mind with just talking to our players, um, talking to some recruits, um, talking to people that I work with, men as well as women. And um, it's this anxiety. It's this weight on our shoulders that we feel like we cannot control. And if we're sitting in this weight and this weight's on our shoulders, then we get to a point where we are overwhelmed and, and we either fall under it and we may let it crush us or we give it to God. 
who is omnipotent and all-powerful, and he can handle it. Luke 6.45 says, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. This is the big one. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So it's really what we have in our heart when we are anxious, and it's what we have in our heart when we're not happy and we're, we have these anxieties. Because what's what's in our heart is what our mouth says and what and what our joy is. So we have to take a look at what's in our heart. Not the stuff that's weighing on you, not the superficial stuff, not the things like, oh, my boyfriend broke up with me or, oh my goodness, I got a B on a math test. I would be mad because I'm a math major, but we'll talk about that later. Um, but for me, those things are so, are not eternal. They're, they're, they're kind of worthless when you think about it. And I always think about the things that I get anxious about, the things that I care about the most that I let bother me are not things that are superficial. It's things, if I think about it in 10 years from now, is what I'm going through right now going to matter? Think about that for a second. In 10 years from now, is the thing that you're so anxious about, that you're so worried about, is it going to matter to you 10 years from now? Then why give it time today? Fill your heart with joy. Fill your heart with peace. Fill your heart with a lot of things we'll talk about in a little bit. But fill your heart with different things and then your mouth and your joy will come. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. It means you got a lot of weight on you. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. Oh, that's good. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you need rest for your soul right now, if you're overwhelmed, man, you can't do it on your own. God's got you. Don't be anxious about anything. Don't let this hold you down. Luke 12, 25 even says, in which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? So you being anxious right now is not adding an hour to your life. You're actually taking an hour away from your life and you're worrying about something that really has no purpose. Whatever you're anxious about, if it's a grade, if it's a boyfriend, if it's sickness, God is omnipotent. God is in charge. He is sovereign. God knows what's going on. So don't be anxious about it. Just look to him. His ways are much higher than our ways. His plans are much higher than our plans. So you can't hour, add an hour to your life by being anxious about something. What you spend your worries on is going to rob you. John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. God's giving you peace. We're going to tell you about how you get that in a little bit. This is just step three. We're going to tell you about it. Colossians 3.15 says, And the peace of Christ rules in your heart. And Let me say that. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. 2 Thessalonians 3.16 says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. Psalm 55.22. Love it, love it, love it. Get ready. Psalm 55, 22, I'll say it again. Psalm 5, 5, 2, 2. Cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. 
one of the greatest illustrations I've ever seen is uh, we had uh, one year, my one of my first years coaching college, we had brought in a big wooden cross into the locker room. And I asked the ladies what's on their heart, what they need prayer for, and like just what's the biggest thing in their life. They don't have to say it to us. They don't have to say anything. I asked them to write it down on a piece of paper. And then I gave them a hammer and nails. And it's kind of crazy to give volleyball players a hammer and a nail. Um, we had some bruised thumbs afterwards. But we'll talk about that later. And I asked them to take whatever was burdening in them, whatever was weighing on their heart. And I asked them to write it on that sheet of paper. And then I asked them to fold that piece of paper up and nail it to the cross. And then I said, walk away. And Psalm 55, 22 says, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. And I believe that's what the cross was for, was for our sins, was for those things. And God says, give it to me, give it to me. First Peter 5, 7 cast, cast says, first Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety in him because he cares for you. Cast all your burden in the Lord and he will sustain you. He will provide for you. He will protect you. And then we listen to a song that says, those were my nails. Those were my thorns that, that pushed against his brow. So the things that we have that are weighing us down, God wants to take from us. And again, he's so much stronger than us. And if we give it to him, if we cast our burden on him, he will lift us up. Proverbs 12, 25 says, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word, but a good word makes him glad. So that's something that you can talk. I, I love that one. I didn't even read that one before I put it on there. There you go. Good to go. I like it. God's speaking to me. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. So you might have, be, have some people around you that are going through some stuff that are anxious. Even when God says, be anxious for nothing. Every once in a while, we need a good word to make us glad. Proverbs 12, 25. That's awesome. We've gone through here at Bellhaven, uh, where I coach. Um, we've gone through the Psalm 23 the past couple of weeks in chapel. And uh, Psalm 23, 4 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And really, what do we have, what do we have to be anxious about? What is it in our lives that we are so worried about? Anxiety and worry are, are kind of synonyms to each other. So what are you worried about? Don't worry, be happy. And when we talk about it, and I want to go back up to Luke 6, 45, which says, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And I want to know what's inside your heart. What, what are you thinking on? What are, what are some things that you involve yourself? I know that you're looking at your social media, your Insta chat or your Twitter Twittergram or whatever it is you kids are doing these days, you crazy kids. But um, what are you filling your mind with? And I'm asking you now, here comes the illustration we talked about with my great cooking skills. I want you to take that strainer out. And I want you to think about the things that you put into your mind. And I want to get some of those to fall through the holes in the strainer. I want to kind of wash off the impurities. And you're like, well, what am I supposed to have in my heart? What am I supposed to have in my life? What am I supposed to think on? And if you go past Philippians 4, 7, if you go to Philippians 4, 8, it tells us exactly what we need to be putting our minds on. Not on what that girl's wearing or what that 
person is driving or to this or that or what how hard that person hits or how well they pass or how well they set or what kind of scholarship they got or whatever. It says in Philippians 4, 8, finally, brothers and sisters, and that takes all of us. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right or righteous, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, let's take what you got going on in your life right now, what you're anxious about, maybe what you're feeding yourself in your mind what you're watching on TV, what you're watching at the movies, what you're listening to in your music. Is it true? Is it noble? Is it righteous? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it admirable? Is it excellent or praiseworthy? If not, I need you to take Jesus' blood and strain it through your life and let it fall out the holes at the bottom. And whatever's left in our strainer right now are these things things that are true, things that are noble, things that are right, things that are pure, things that are lovely, things that are admirable, things that are excellent, things that are praiseworthy. We are to think about such things, it says in the end of the verse. And if you have anxieties, I can promise you one thing. You will not have, you will not have anxieties if you think about what is true, what is noble, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable, what is excellent, what is praiseworthy. If those are the only things you think about, anxiety is far from you. So maybe we need to change what we're putting into our heart because out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks or we act. I've gone long enough on this one, so I'm going to kind of wrap it up a little bit. So I, I want you not to be worrying about anything. I want you to be happy. And how do we do that? We've got to change what we're thinking about. We need to cast our cares on Jesus Christ. So step one says rejoice in the Lord. Step two, be kind to everybody. Step three, don't worry, be happy. Step four, we're moving on. Let's get going. But in every situation, and I want you to think about this. I talked about it before. You know, God, if you ever watch me while people are praying, I don't necessarily always close my eyes. There's sometimes they ask me every head bowed and every eye closed. I grew up Baptist, so I understand that. But I believe that we are to pray without ceasing. I believe that our life is a life of prayer. So I don't necessarily stop everything I'm doing and bow my head to talk to Jesus. I'm talking to him right now. <laughs> I talk to him when I walk down the hallway. I'll talk to myself. So I'll sing to myself sometimes. But I want you to know in everything. I want you to think about everything that you're going through, even the little things, even the big things. We go to God with a lot of big things, but we don't go to him with a lot of little things. So I want you to go to him with everything in every situation. It says in, in verse, I don't know what verse we're in. I'm sorry. But and it says, um, do not worry about anything, but in every situation, in everything. So go to him in everything. So first one, rejoice in the Lord always. Second one, be kind. Third one, don't worry, be happy. Fourth one, in everything, talk to Jesus. And it says by prayer. Do you have a prayer time? Do you have a time every day that you sit down and talk to God? You turn off your music. You get in by yourself. It's not something where you stand up in front of everybody else and say, Thou God, how magnificent is thy name. But just a sign where you just say, hey, yo, G, it's me. What's going on? You already know what's going on with me. Is there a prayer time in your life? And if not, guess what? There needs to be. If you're looking for peace, you need to go to the guy that gives it out freely. 
Step six says, and petition. Now, we used to have these things in high school where people would go around and say, uh, please sign my petition. I'm trying to get rid of the plastic straws. I'm actually trying to bring them back. I can't do those paper straw things. I'm sorry uh, to all you turtles in the ocean, but um, we'll talk about that later. I don't use straws, to be honest with you, but those paper straws are killing me right now. Um, by prayer and petition. Petition means that we go around and we ask others to pray for us. Do you have somebody that you can talk to that you can ask to pray for you? Do you have a prayer partner or an accountability partner? It's some of the greatest times in my life when I was able to sit down with another man and say, hey, listen, I'm going through something right now. Can you help me out? I need prayer. And to be able to sit down with somebody else and pray with them and then ask them to pray for me and know that they are going to pray for me. That's the awesome part about it. But we need to petition others. Not only prayer to God, but we need to say, hey, you know, Susie or Tammy or Tom or dad or mom or grandpa or grandma, somebody you know is going to pray for you. Say, hey, I'm going through something. I can't handle this on my own. I know Jesus can help me, but can you pray on my behalf too? And guess what's going to happen? They're going to pray on your behalf. And guess what's going to happen? God is going to answer that prayer. So when we talk about not only by prayer, that's step number five, but by petition, by going to others, we ask others to pray to God for us. That's petition. And that's step number six. Now, step number seven kind of gets us into this thing. I'm sorry that we're going long, but step number three was huge. Uh, anxiety and being anxious is something that happens all the time. But step number seven, I promise you, like an old Baptist preacher, we're almost done in closing. But in step number seven, it says with thanksgiving. And so many times in our life, we get to a point where we are, we're not thankful to God. We start off our prayer like, I, I, I see it all the time. And, and when I have somebody that doesn't pray a whole lot or somebody that just has prayed before, we say, God, we thank you for this day. That's usually the first thing that comes out of most people's mouths. If you ever ask somebody to pray, say, hey, Susie or hey, Tom, can you guys, can one of y'all pray for me today? And they say, God, first off, we thank you for this day. And that's awesome. Because I think we need to come to God with thanksgiving first. But sometimes we go to God all the time asking and asking and asking and asking and asking. And God is asking us in our steps to perfect peace, to find perfect peace. He's saying, you know what? I need you to tell me what's going on in your life that's good too. <laughs> I'm God. Haven't I done something good for you? Hasn't it been awesome? Is there anything awesome about your life? Talk to me about that. It's always nice as a coach because, you know, a lot of times I don't get a whole lot of great jobs. I, I give a lot out. But I don't hear a whole lot from my players. Hey, good job, coach. Way to go. Good work today. Way to way to watch film. Great, great call on that play. I, it worked out for us. Good call, coach. I don't get a whole lot of those things. And, and God doesn't get a whole lot of those thank yous either. Those ones that are really from our heart where we go, God, you know what? Man, I'm thankful for my mom. I'm thankful for my mom. So thankful that she didn't give up on me when my dad did. So thankful that my brother never gave up on me when I probably... I don't deserve what he's given me. And so for me, sometimes I need to say to God, you know, God, I'm so thankful for you. I'm thankful that you are the Prince of Peace. I'm thankful that you died on the cross for my sins so that what I'm going through right now, I know will not kill me and I can get through because you've gotten it through for me. 
So what step number seven says is step number seven says we need to start or we need to have Thanksgiving. And everything that we talk to God about, we have to pray to him and we have to ask others to pray for us. But we also have to give thanks to God. We've got to say thank you. What I'm in right now, I'm, I, I know that I'm neck deep in it. But God, I'm glad that I'm not nose deep in it. I'm glad I'm not eye deep in it. I'm, not, I'm glad I'm not underneath the water. And even if you are underneath the water, he can pull you out. And then step eight, it says, present your request to God. I think we miss this sometimes. I think that we think that by asking others and talking to others and going to our pastor or going to our youth pastor or going to our best friend or going to our mom and our dad or our grandmother or grandfather, we miss this. We ask everybody to pray for us, but we don't go to God a lot of times. Sometimes we're asking everybody else and we don't sit there and ask God. And I know we talked about by prayer, praying to God earlier, sitting down, having time with him, but we need to go before the throne room. And in our hearts, I think that we need to believe. And we present our request, we lay our request at his, at his feet. And I want to add a little something. To this. I'm not adding anything to scripture, but I think that this is kind of the mood that I'm asking you to do. As you present your request to God, I want you to present them to him as giving them to him. I always add, ask people and they say, you know, has God told you what he wants you to do? And you, you go in there and you, or sometimes I'll sit down there and I'll, I'll write all the things that I want my life to be like. And I go to God with a full paper that has everything that I want on it. And I say, God, please sign the bottom and say, this is okay. And I think what God is asking me to do is the exact opposite. I think God is asking me to sign the bottom and let him fill in the rest of the paper for what he wants for my life. And so what I want you to do right now is I want you to lay your burdens at his feet. I want you to present those requests to God and I want you to present them as a present. I want you to lay them at the, at the foot of the cross and walk away like we did in the locker room that one time. I want you to walk away from him and trust God that God, I trust you. The way that I trust you is I'm giving you a blank page. What do you want my life to be like? I submit to you. Here's my signature. Fill in what you want in my life. If you want perfect peace in your life, this is what you need to do. You need to first off rejoice in God. You need to be happy and have joy in him. You need to be kind to other people. Step two. Step three is the hardest one. Be anxious for nothing. Do not be anxious about what's going on right now in your life. Because in 10 years, it's not going to matter at all. And you're spending all this time wasting your time on this stuff. Step four, and everything that you have to deal with, God can handle it. God will handle it. Step five, pray to God. Get some prayer time. Have some time where you're by yourself and talking to God. Step number six is ask Christian people. Ask people that are believing people to join with you in this prayer to take this burden that you have on your shoulders away. Step number seven is be thankful to God. Rejoice in him, be joyful in him, but also be thanking him for the things that he's given you. And then lastly, step eight, take your burdens, take your request and present them to God. Put them at his feet and walk away. And when you put them at his feet, he says he will, he will sustain you. Lay all your burdens at his feet and he shall sustain you.
Verse seven says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding means it's going to blow your mind. It will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Are you suffering through something right now? Are you anxious about something? Is the world and everything that's going on as a 13-year-old, as a 17-year-old, as a 43-year-old, is everything in your life right now weighing on you and you don't know how to get up and you can't and you're sludging through life and you want this burden off of your shoulders so that you can walk freely in his peace. I've given you the steps, but you have got to take that time and you have got to come to him. You got to rejoice in him. You got to be kind to other people, even through the midst of the trouble. Don't be anxious about it. Don't spend another second on it. You can't add an hour to your life by the anxiousness. But in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, give it to God. And he's going to take you. And he's going to take that weight off your shoulders. And he's going to make you walk in peace. I'm sorry I went long today. I think it's something that's huge for what we're going through as, as volleyball players, but even more as people. And I hope that God spoke through me today to you. If you need prayer, thevolleyacademy.gmail.com is my email address. Please feel free to email me. If you need peace, I can't give it to you. God can, though. All you need to do is just do this. God, first off, I want to thank you. I want to come to you with thanksgiving. Secondly, God, I want to tell you that you give me so much joy. Lord, I'm sorry about the way that I've treated people around me. Help me to be kind to them. Help me not to worry about what tomorrow is and just look at what I have in my life right now and to be thankful for what I have in my life today. Lord, I want to come to you with everything, even the small things, the huge things, the middle of the road things, the things that I think that you don't even care about. Lord, I want to come to you and I want to give them to you. Lord, my prayer time is spotty at best. Well, Lord, I, I come to you right now and I want to start every day to take five or 10 or 15 or 30 minutes where I can just spend time in your word and, and just in your presence. I want to ask the people around me. I want to talk to people that are like and are believing like me to pray for me. And Lord, I just want to lay at your feet. I pray you give me peace. I pray you give me power. I pray you help me to get out from underneath what's on top of my shoulders right now. Thank you, God, for who you are. Amen. Guys, go with God. Good luck this weekend. Again, sorry it went so long. Hope you enjoyed it and I hope God spoke to you. God bless.